Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Official ingredients. The Organic Gardeners. News Radio 1020 KDKA. Hi ho, hi ho. Off to the garden we go. Still plenty of daylight left. Still plenty of nice weather to do some things and start thinking already about next year as you're reaping the harvest. And we've got two of the best people anywhere to help you with all of the above. It is Doug Oster, EverybodyGardens.com, Jessica Wallace, of course. And they both work for the Tribune Review. But the number to doubt will be on this great broadcast, and I highly urge you to call early and often. 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access, kdkradio.com, Texas on the Red Automotive Line, best deal in town. Ashley Funyak is producing today. The Bambino is off, Brock Schneider. So we're going to take the 10th caller to win our first of two giveaways this hour. The first from Randy and Company at Sorgles in Wexford, 412-922-1020. And now, ladies and gentlemen, their microphones have been engaged. And the stage is theirs. Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace. Good morning. Good morning. I am Doug Oster from Everybody Gardens and the Tribune Review. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. I saw something really beautiful yesterday that I've never seen before. I spooked a whole flock of goldfinches. Ooh. I mean, like 40 of them. Were they eating the seed heads in your garden? or what No, were they, they were out actually in a kind of a field. I don't know what they would have been eating there. Maybe they're... Maybe there were seeds in the field, something, and yeah, they just all of a sudden all went together, and they have that kind of high-pitched, squeaky Mm -hmm. call, Mm -hmm. and it was really just the coolest thing. Oh, neat. And their colors right now, the males, are so vibrant that uh, it's pretty fun to see. But they change. That's kind of cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I I had a friend, this was a long time ago, and she was like, at the reverse season, when they come from brown back, when the males Mm -hmm. come from brown back to yellow, she's like... Am I going crazy, or are the birds changing colors? <laughs> I'm like, they're changing colors. You're not going crazy, or at least not for that reason you're not going crazy. All right, next question. Oh, yes. What in the heck do you do with stevia? I've got stevia growing. Oh, yeah. Have you uh, have you sampled it yet? No, it's just sitting there growing okay. there with the rosemary and the parsley, and I did it for like TV or something. That's what they had a stevia plant there for 50 cents, so yeah. I put it in. Yeah, so you should... Put one of the leaves in your mouth that's a super high um, sweetness content. And I can't remember, is it Rabinia? Uh, is the extract that's in it that's super sweet. I believe that's what it's called. Uh, and you can just take one of those leaves and put it on the tip of your tongue. And it is just intensely sweet. But how do I use it in so the So I have done it in my house. I've made it uh, into an extract. And I got the directions off of the internet uh, somewhere. That sounds complicated. It wasn't really. It was like distilling it down. And actually, you, you uh, in oh, this recipe was with vodka <laughs> in a pan and water. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Right. Now you got my attention. Exactly. And you cook it down to get the extract of the sweetness out. And then you put it, the, and the alcohol cooks off eventually. Oh. But then you store that extract in a little dropper in the fridge. And then when you want your coffee or to use a sweetener, you can also, I know people who dry it. And then when they make their tea, and you know if they're making a cup of herbal tea, they throw throw a few dried stevia leaves in there as well, and then that naturally sweetens the tea as well. But for me, that the dried stevia isn't nearly as intensely sweet as that stevia extract is, mm-hmm. which really kind of didn't fun take, little fall project. Yeah, and it didn't really take very long to do. Um, I messed up one batch, and for some reason, some 
it didn't turn out right, but then the next batch I did turn well, out. You can't be fine. sampling the vodka when you're making the extra. I was not sampling the vodka. I promise. I promise. And the alcohol cooks off of it, so you don't have to worry about it. We've that. been meaning to talk about this for the last couple of weeks, and I keep forgetting. Uh, our friend Brent Heath from Brent and Becky's Bulbs gave us this great tip to keep crocuses, when you're planting crocuses, keep them chipmunk and uh, vol free just by spraying or soaking them in some kind of uh, animal deterrent, like a Bobex or a, he uses plant skid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to try that this year. And I think I'm just going to make a little bowl of, of plant. Ec- That's going to smell Oh, awful. I know. I know. I know. I'm <laughs> going to have to, have, I'm gonna have to deal with those like I deal with the Carolina Reaper hot pepper. Yeah. Where, Hold your nose. No, wear oh. plastic uh, rubber gloves. Rubber gloves, yeah. Yeah, yeah like dish, you know, big yellow dish. Dishwashing because I want to put some more crocuses in. Last year I lost about half of them before you know in mm-hmm. the fall I lost mm-hmm. them. Usually I'm losing them in the spring after they out themselves with their flowers. But. I wonder how how many seasons that lasts though. Like it wouldn't because no, then you get just offsets. Some, it probably gets them established, and but you know I don't know. It, we couldn't protect them forever. No. I, I mean I've always planted mine if I if I really care to keep the chipmunks and voles away from them for a little bit longer. I've always put mine in uh, the crushed oyster shells that you can buy at the feed store and that those real sharp edges, and that seems to work. But even then, once that cluster of bulbs gets bigger than the you know the surrounding layer of crushed oyster shells, then they end up eventually Maybe finding them anyway. So, yeah. They, yeah. They also sell those little cages. You've seen those, right? It's like a little metal For cage. For some reason, that seems like a real pain to me. It does to me, too, because you have to dig like a big hole. Yeah. I would rather just plant daffodils that they yeah, don't eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that seems like an easier solution to me. Yeah, but I, I, I want, I want crocuses. Yeah, I know. Well, and daffodils don't come in purple. And all, yeah, you know, all those kind of great colors. Yeah, Yet. right. Somebody someday will figure out how to do one. So, uh, but yeah, you know, I love daffodils, and I know they're kind of the foolproof bulb that nobody is going to eat, and that's sort of what I try to stick to, just to and avoid since the problems. There's you know thirteen different divisions. Yeah, there's a great. Great variety. Great variety. Definitely. Do you have a, a favorite variety. type of daffodil? Um, I love the miniatures. I mean, even though you don't really, you have to be really close to be able to enjoy them. But I love like the little one. There's a little tiny one called Minnow that is just like the cutest little daffodil ever. I absolutely love it. And I love those double ones like um with the the pointy petals like Rip Van Winkle. If you've ever seen that one, that's a really really unique looking daffodil. Uh, and I think those are cool. But I just have a whole big, broad mix. Some you gave me. Some I got um, years ago from Brent and Becky's Bulbs. And they're just great. They come back bigger and better every year. What's not to love? Brent and Becky's Bulbs. Brent and Becky's Bulbs. Yep. They have been around forever. Well, I, real quick, I just a little funny story about Brent. I wrote a story about Brent and it, my uh, computer autocorrect Bulbsman to Blues Man. <laughs> and so my editor called me and said, he's a third-generation blues man? <laughs> I said, no, it's Bulbsman, because Bulbsman, the computer wouldn't know what Bulbsman was. So, right, yeah, third right. generation, he's been dealing with bulbs. So it's a good place to get bulbs from. A uh, congratulations to Michelle from Cheswick, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. We'll come back. Your phone calls are next. We have some lines available, but they will fill up quickly. So if you have a question for Doug and Jess, I highly urge you to call now, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank, instant access, kdkradio.com. You can text us on the Red Automotive line, the best deal in town. Doug and Jessica teach you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardeners. 
News Radio 1020, KDK. All right, back on the air with Doug and Jess. Next hour, Tom Boyle is going to uh, drop by. He, of course, uh, from the delis at Coons Market. It's Oktoberfest recipes with Joe and Frank Dentisi. Let's talk to uh, Bethany uh, in Allison. Hey, uh, Becky, how are you? Welcome to KDK. Hi, Bethany, I have how a question you? I'm hoping you can help me with. Okay. I have a amaryllis bulb that my daughter brought back from Amster- the Amsterdam Tulip Museum, and I don't want to mess it up. I have brought it in. It flowered all summer, and I brought it in about a month and a half ago, and it's just been sitting in bright light, no water, no nothing. And one of the leaves has turned yellow and dropped down. What do I do with it from here on out? Oh, you're you, actually doing the right thing. You are. Yeah. Yep. You're playing it by the book so far, which is which is great. You haven't done anything wrong. The, le- the leaves dying back is a completely natural thing. What what has to happen now is the bulb has to shift into dormancy. So stop watering. Where did you say it is? Is it where do you have it right now? In a window. It, it faces like northeast. It okay. doesn't get direct sun, but it is bright light. Yeah. So take it out of the window and stick it in a corner of the garage somewhere. In the dark. Yep. yep. And it doesn't have to be in complete darkness. But just stick it somewhere. And you know, people put them down in the basement. Yeah. People, you know, cold yeah, cellars. Yeah, just someplace that it's going to be out of the way, and and you could do its thing in six, eight weeks. Let's sit there. Yep. And it, you're going to get panicked because the leaves are going to yeah, turn off gonna... brown. They're going to die. But that's what you want. Okay. And, and I would let it go eight weeks. And actually, when I did an interview with this woman from White Flower Farm, that's all she does is amaryllis. She says it'll it'll tell you when to start watering it again, hmm. when it sends up a little little nub from the middle. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, what does it say? <laughs> I'm, thirsty. I'm thirsty. I'm <laughs> thirsty. <laughs> so I put it in the dark, in the cool, like in a garage by a window. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even have to be by a window. If you don't have okay. a window in the garage, I mean, just stick it literally in the corner of the garage and completely forget about it. I mean, that okay. you don't water it, don't anything for eight weeks. And bring okay. it. I usually I bring them back up. I throw them on the windowsill. This is the first time I ever heard that that it'll send up something, and that's when you mm-hmm. start watering. But I usually just start watering them when I bring them back up, and they do their thing. If they have enough energy stored in that bulb, it'll send up a, a bud first to bloom. If there's not enough energy in there, it will send up just leaves and no flower. And so then we know we have to keep working on it to try and make that bulb happy and have enough energy the next year to flower. And so to do that, you got to feed it all yeah, summer long. Yeah. All right. Dollar Bank Instant Access. Hi, Rob, Jessica, Doug. Just a bit of info about Stevie. I had a reaction to it and did some research. Stevie is a, a ragweed family. Uh, since I'm allergic to ragweed, I'd advise to avoid hmm. Stevie in the future. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. If I you're highly allergic before. to ragweed, I guess I never heard that either. All right. 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access. KDKRadio.com. Here's Bill in Holidaysburg for Doug and Jess on KDK Radio. Good morning. Hey, Bell. Thanks my call. What's up? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, I have an oak leaf hydrangea that over the summer it has developed several shoots that grow, and growing up. They're, they're anywhere now between 6 and 18 inches tall. And I was wondering if there was any way to transplant those? Yeah, if they're separate from the mother plant, they sort of um, shot out of the side of the plant. You can dig. No, they're like from the roots, you know, yeah. like the, maybe a couple feet away from the plant yep. they started growing. Yep, that's perfect. And those are great divisions. And you can get down in there with a the shovel and separate them from the mother plant. And as long as they have some of those, just a couple at least, little fibrous feeder roots growing off of them, 
uh, they will make a fine separation, a fine division. It's a, it's a great way to make more plants. Is there a good time to do that? Or right now is the yeah. perfect time. This weather right. is uh, is perfect for dividing, moving, planting. It's, Transplanting. It, yeah, yeah, it's just it's it's good. You're right at the right at the pinnacle of okay. Well, that time. sounds good. Thank you very much. Good, good luck. news for Bill. Yeah, that's okay, awesome. Thank you. More <laughs> Thanks, Bill. More Have luck good... ranges. That's great. Elaine in the North Hills for Doug and Jess on the Organic Gardeners, KDK Radio. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my husband and I bought a house last year, and we had landscaping done this year after some building was done here yeah, because the lawn had been torn up. And uh, we did have uh, a young, uh, prof- you know, a professional landscaper not use any chemicals. We're allergic, and I don't want it. My dog's you know, a dog in the yard with the chemicals on his feet and stuff. And now I have a yard full of mushrooms. I want to know how I can get rid of them naturally. We were just talking about mushrooms off, off the air. air. We were. I'm going to be spending the day photographing all the fun guy because I'm a fun guy. And <laughs> uh, posting it on my website and Facebook and stuff. But Mm-hmm. I've been getting lots of questions, and I'm sure you have too, Jess, about mushrooms in the lawn, mushrooms near the trees, mushrooms popping up, but nothing to worry about. Yeah, there really isn't anything to worry about, and there's nothing that you can do. Um, they mm-hmm. are just feeding on probably decomposed plant material that okay. is, you know, if, if there were trees at, in that, uh, you know, your home building site at one time, there might mm-hmm. be some underground roots that are there. They're just mm-hmm. part of the decomposition process for that. It's there pretty isn't cool, though, the way how mushrooms do. work, don't you think? Because I think it's sometimes, amazing. Sometimes well, the thing it, is, um, we took our dog to see Dr. Mike last week, and I said, do you know anything about it, or do you have mushrooms in your yard? And he goes, yeah, he says, I know nothing about mushrooms. He said, I treat everyone like they're poisonous, and I just pull them out. Yeah, right. and you can do that. You can just pick them out, you know, put a put a pair of gloves on and pull them out mm-hmm. and if you don't want them in the lawn. But there's really nothing that you can or should apply to the lawn, organic or otherwise, to get rid of mushrooms. Oh, yeah. Yep, okay. nothing you can do other than hand removal. And just one, the the warning we always have to give to, uh, about mushrooms. You you never. You, that's how you do treat mushrooms. Yep. Just assume they're poisonous. The mm-hmm. only way you mm-hmm. can ever eat one is to have right. a scientist right. tell you that it's okay to be edible because most aren't, and they get you really sick, and they can't kill you. Yes, yes, I know. Okay, well, thank, thank you. you so much. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you. All Bye-bye. Right. What else is on your mind, you two, as we await for more phone calls? 866-391-1020, dollar bank, instant access. Well, let's Radio. talk about com. your tomatoes. Yeah. Oh. I know I'm not the only local gardener that has I faced seen this, this thing in the past few years. So there's a new kid on the block when it comes to pests, um, and this is happening more and more over recent years um, and you know a lot of insect uh, ranges their geographical ranges are shifting and one of the ones that we're starting to see in our tomato patch nowadays is the leaf-footed bug and leaf-footed bugs adults are very big they're up to an inch long and their back legs have what looks like a little leaf or a little feather on the back of them they're they're broad at the very end of their um, their legs and that make, hence the name leaf-footed bugs. And actually, it's the adults, but also even more than that are the nymphs, which are very tiny. Um, they grow, grow larger, obviously, as they mature up to that inch-long adult. But when they're young, they're small. They have sort of a suede back. Uh, and they have this mouth part that's like a needle 
and the adults and the nymphs will feed, and they love to feed on tomatoes. Like and a you'll stink find bug kind of same type like of feeding. The same type of feeding as a brown marmorated stink bug. Yep, that needle-like mouth part. They cause sort of like a a modeling on the skin of the tomato, and then when you cut into the tomato, inside it's sort of cork-like and white and pale, and and the the texture isn't right, and they can cause the fruits to actually kind of rot on the vine. And it was actually first brought to attention to me by one of my neighbors who one day I go to get my mail two years ago and I open up the mail and there she has like a vial of these bugs. Isn't it good to be the bug woman? Right. With a note that says, Jessica, what are these? And and I (laughs) called her up. I'm like, well... Those Let's see, cable bugs. bill, uh, insurance, uh, uh, oh, bugs. Bug. Yeah. yeah, this is not an invitation, by the way, for anybody out there to send me bugs. Please don't do that. Um, but this is one of my neighbors. And well, let me put your address out yeah, there. Yeah, let's not do that. Uh, and anyway, yeah, and it was leaf-footed bugs. And she said, oh, they're all over my tomatoes. I said, oh, I think it's just a weird year. I don't think it's going to be problematic. Oh. And now I'm facing them in my garden as well. And they are almost impossible to control, just like the brown marmorated yeah. stink bugs. Um, you know, I used to tell people to put a nylon footie over the fruit to keep the bugs, but these guys have such a tiny little needle-like mouth part, they can get right down through it. Um, And because they have that mouth part, there's pretty much no organic or chemical-based pesticides, not that I would ever recommend you use those in the vegetable garden anyway, that would control them. So it's just a matter of going out and hand-picking them when you see them. But, man, they are... uh, They cause hardcore trouble. Dr. Wong just sent me a text. When's the best time to plant garlic, Doug? Uh, Second week of October. That's when we like to do it. The most important thing is to find the right garlic. So you can't just be garlic out of the store. You've got to go to a nursery or order it from a garlic farm. At this point, I would say, you know, go to a good nursery. They'll have a couple different varieties. I know Han Nursery's got two or three different varieties, but most places are going to have some garlic that you can plant and it's one of the easiest things to grow. You know, you just take that big garlic head and you're growing it, Jessica. How many years now have you been growing it? Oh my gosh, I don't, a long time. Forever. <laughs> a long Same time. here. And you just split up those cloves and that one little clove, when you plant it just a couple inches deep and six inches apart in good soil, will become a whole head of garlic by July, you know, and then you get the greens early in the season when the crocus bloom. You can eat uh, sparingly the greens. And then after that, uh, you get this seed head that comes up called the scape, if it's a hardneck variety. And you remove that and eat that. I make pesto out of them. And then you get the bulb, pull that out in July. If you only have 10 heads, you don't have to really worry about curing it. But in my case, I've got 100. You know, I'm, I'm curing it, just hanging it in a tool shed for... Three weeks, and then I, if you leave the uh, stalks on, they, they last a lot longer over the winter. All right. And by the way, 10th caller right now wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's. Pumpkinland time is here again. Uh, that number is uh, 412-922-1020. Let's go to Tom in the North Hills for Doug and Jess on the Organic yeah, Gardens. Um, hey, Tom. Yeah, I, I uh, take, you know, my banana peels and all that kind of stuff and, you know, dig a hole in my garden and plant it there. And anyway, last week I was weeding it, and I pulled out this plant, and it had kind of like a nut on the bottom. And, you know, I threw it off to the side and everything. Then I went back in the house, and I thought about it, and I thought, I bet that's, that was an avocado seed that I put out there. So I went out there, and I looked for it, and I couldn't find it, but I noticed another one that just looked like it. So I dug it up, and I transplanted that into a pot and I have it in the house. 
And then I went out back a few hours later, and I found the one I tossed aside, and I stuck it. It has a nice root on it, and I stuck it in some water, and I'm just wondering how long I should keep it in the water and how successful I will be as far as transplanting it, and should I just always keep it in the house? I would transplant it right away. Um, You know, avocados are not really plants that we can grow here in our climate, so I would put it in a container, you know, plant it in a nice big pot. Right. And then you're going to, you know, you can have it outside in the summertime. So move right. it out, you know, after the danger of frost has passed, put it on the patio and then right. move it in um, in the autumn when the temperatures start to get down into the 50s. It'll be time right. to move it back indoors. Do um, you have any, any flowers or anything? It, pr- it probably will not flower. It probably won't get mature enough to do that. And it would be extremely a, a, Great big giant surprise if it ever made avocados. Um, right. I yeah. figured it would never make avocados. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's just a cool project to do, though. And it's it's really fun to see the seeds sprout. And the plants are actually quite beautiful. But, you know, they, they're huge. It's a huge tree, um, <laughs> you know, if left to grow normally in the ground. So when you're growing right. it in a pot, it's never going to be able to reach its full potential. But still, it's a fun project. Well, if you had the avocado seeds, like I, I, never, I always threw them out there because I figured there's no shot in them growing. But yeah. then I looked on the Internet and it showed little toothpicks you hold in the water. Yep, yep, yep. Some people <laughs> start them indoors that way, yeah. I, I usually get them uh, sprouting out of my compost pile. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thank you. All right, thank you, Tom. All right, 866-391-1020, bank instant access, kdkradio.com. And you can text us on the right automotive line. The best deal in town. Okay, let's take a look at some of these uh, text messages. What tree can I plant instead of uh, a tall maple tree that really likes sun? Oh boy, there's a a million different things. I guess the first thing I would I would talk about is knowing the space. You know how big that tree is going to get, and and finding a tree that you know those circumstances where a maple was mm-hmm. in the sun. How many? You know, it's almost endless what the tree could be. But you want to find a tree that you would love to see for that long. You know, do you want it to flower? Do you, right, you know, want right. great fall color? Do you want the just a, like a hickory shag bark hickory? You want to just see the texture of the bark? What What do you want out of the tree? Do you want the nuts uh, or, or fruits? Right. You know, it could be. How could big be any... do you want it to get? Sixty right. feet tall, twenty feet tall, right. fifteen feet tall. I mean, there's a big difference in all of that. So there's a lot of variables, and I think. Trees are one of those things, you know, we talk about this with the Davy Tree guys all the time. They are long-term investments, so it pays to do your research before you make any decisions. I mean, I can tell you what my favorite trees are, uh, but I don't know your site, and I don't know, you know, what you want to get out of that tree eventually, so... It's it's hard to say. Go go to the situation. go to the nursery. Start looking at looking at trees. See something that you you like. You know, I you know I say this every time I go out. When you go to the nursery, you're not going there as if you're going to the grocery store in and out. It's like take your time. Look at what's there. Talk to the people. Ask them questions. They don't. That's what they're there for. You know, uh, by just knowing how big you want to get it. That's that's the first thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay, I, I, I've got this space. I would like to fill this space eventually. When you make that decision for a tree, like you said, it's a long-term decision, and you're going to be looking at it for a long time, and probably somebody else is going to be looking at it. When you're not in that house yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah, when you're buried underneath yeah. it. <laughs> All right, Dollar Bank instant access messages. Also, uh, right out of the text messages, the latest. It says, I've been letting my potatoes stay in the soil and digging some up as I need them rather than digging them all up at once and storing them in the basement. Is that okay? 
It's okay. The The issue that I face when I do that in my garden is the voles, right? The voles love to eat my potatoes. And so I find that if I dig them out about two weeks after the plant dies back, that will give the skins enough time to cure and then they last longer in the storage. If you didn't have voles, though, how you could leave that potato you in there. You could leave that potato. I mean, I would get it out. Certainly, you have to have them out before the ground freezes. Um, there's no doubt about that, unless you get a good, thick layer of mulch on there. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, kind of like a beet. Yeah, you know, like five you, inches of straw. If you wanted to leave a few of them in there, mm-hmm. and I might even put more than that on there, mm-hmm. I might just really lay the straw on and just see if you could get them to... I, again, it's just kind of like a... I don't know. You know, it's just kind of a cool thing to be able to go out there in a thaw and pull a potato out. A potato or a beet, when you pull them out in the winter, they're they're okay. Mm-hmm. But they're not like a potato that you're getting out now, which right. is like, yummy, yummy. Yeah, yeah. My thing is, too, like if you cure them and you store them properly, they will last, last for months. Time. And you don't have to keep going back out into the garden and, and digging every time. So, you know, yeah, you can keep them that way. For me, it's just because they're such a great storage vegetable, it's just easier to store them, you know, pick them all and store them all at once. You sure you're not a little Italian? Your hands just like I talk with my hands. <laughs> no, I don't think I have the Italian is one Does thing I don't have a birthday think. birthday here anytime soon or is there somebody Maybe. I don't know. Okay, well, are we allowed to just say Oh shoot, birthday? I yeah. missed it. It was <laughs> yesterday. Right. No, it's today. Oh, it's today. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I didn't miss okay. it. Oh. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Happy birthday. I passed the point of celebrating. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jessica. You're turning 29 again. Again, yeah. yeah. She, she actually Who told you that? Listen, I'm clairvoyant. He's on Facebook. Uh, no, no, I no, actually no. went on Facebook. I've, I had it down the as listener the, actually just sent me a message. I had it down as as the 26th, and I said last year I sent you a message, "Happy birthday." You're like, oh, "Thank you," but it's not till. And then I had it in my head it was the 29th, and then I went on Facebook and I tried to dig through your page. I couldn't find it, uh, and so good. I'm glad we got it. Now I can put it on my calendar. That's too funny. And and it'll be on there for the whole time. <laughs> All right, we are going. Well, to- thanks, guys. <laughs> Got to watch those calendars, though. Sylvester, congratulations, by the way, from um, Cheswick, the winner of our $25 gift certificate. Let's get right back to the phones. And uh, Linda, you're up next as promised Center Township. Welcome to KDK Radio and the Organic Gardeners with Doug and Jess. Good morning. Uh, good morning to you. I have some rhododendron that really look like they need some help. They're, they're not bright green leaves. They're sort of yellowish and a little bit of brownish, and I think they need some food. I just need some help. Okay. We are happy to help because what you're describing on your rhododendron is a classic signs of something called chlorosis, which is when the leaves uh, turn yellow, in particular in between the veins of the leaves. So you might see the veins might be deeper green, and then the leaves are a little bit yellow. And in broad-leaved evergreens like rhododendrons and azaleas and laurels, that's a clear sign that there's an issue going on in the soil, and it's probably an issue that the soil is not acidic enough for them. Those broad-leaved evergreens love acid soils, and if you're not making regular additions of a granular acid-specific plant food, you'll start to see symptoms of chlorosis. So something like Hollytone is the product that we often recommend. That's our, that's our favorite. Yep. Is it too late to put it on now? No, I think you'd be fine to do it. Now, I mean, you don't want to encourage new growth. So at this point, I'd Good, maybe... Good, because I got like six bags of it I bought in the spring that I didn't put on yet. Oh, so just whoops. put it on I'd... real... Th- 
I, lightly? Let's see. What are we? End of, yeah, I think it's fine to do now. I wouldn't have done it a month ago, but now you could do it. Or you can even wait into the, wait to the spring. But by doing it now, it'll help acidify the soil. So, and then when spring arrives and the plant is really ready to uh, start pushing out new growth, it, the soil pH will already be adjusted. Is there anything other than the holytone? Is there anything like a liquid that I could use with my uh, sprayer? I mean, there is, but to be honest with you, that's just sort of like the quick little fix that is only temporary. It's not, you know, it, it doesn't, it's just a Band-Aid for the problem. What you really have to do is get that soil adjusted properly. And I would actually recommend if, if you have an extra 10 bucks sitting around to get a soil test taking um, on that area just to see what your pH is. And that will help you know exactly how much holytone or sometimes they make the recommendation of elemental sulfur, which is an even longer term change in that soil pH. That'll last you a couple of years. Um, and they could give you recommendations for how much of that to add. Uh, and that's really a, an incredibly worthwhile test with evergreens because you don't want to add too much or not enough. In that way, that will really help you hit that target pH. Great. Sounds good. Okay. Do you have time for another question? Sure, sure. Go ahead. Okay. I have some pachysander that I'm obviously using as ground cover. Some of it looks like it has little uh, white lines, like not, I don't know that they're scales. Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. That, All right. Yep. Pachysander scale, as soon as you described it as little white lines on the leaves, yes. little flecks, right? That's pachysander scale. Yeah. And that is a tough nut to crack. Okay. Any yeah. suggestions? Uh, I would do horticultural oil. And actually, the Pakistander scale is one of the ones that's a little bit easier to, to control with horticultural oil than something like a magnolia scale would be. How does it do over the winter? The scale? Yeah. Oh, it's just fine. No problem. Yeah, no problem at all. No problem at all. I would do actually do one application of horticultural oil. Well, I'm trying to think if she should wait until the spring. At that. I would do an application now. Uh, okay. And then I would do maybe in 14 days, I would do another application. And then I would okay. see how the plant is doing in the spring and see how many of those scale insects you missed that come back. You might have to reapply in the spring. Um, it, it just depends on how well it does through the winter. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I have my I have my shopping list and I'll go shopping this afternoon. <laughs> there you go. You have your mission. Good luck, Linda. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, big happy birthday to our favorite gardener, Jessica. Happy Have a birthday. wonderful day today. Thanks, Enjoy guys. Enjoy with your family and your friends. I'm going to have my cake and eat it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let them eat cake. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden. And a safer place to live. Speaking of cake, nobody does it better than Coons Market, ladies and gentlemen. So we may want to head out to that bakery and get Jessica a uh, birthday cake today. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, stay with us because Todd Boyle is going to be here. Oktoberfest, you know, big heaping portions of mashed potatoes, Wiener schnitzel, brats. Hey sauerkraut. We're going to discuss it all and I hope you'll join us for that. We want to get your favorite recipes at 866-391-1020 Dollar Bank Instant Access, KDKRadio.com and you can text us on the Red Automotive line the best deal in town. Good morning. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.